think ahead, think forward and try to see. Try not to get stuck with one product, one brand. Try to think how you can expand your product range. Welcome to the Global from Asia e-commerce gladiator series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia. Now, let's tune in. Today's podcast is brought to you by Global Sources. When sourcing products globally, buyers use online and offline channels. Online marketplaces offer the year-round convenience of a wide selection of products and suppliers. And offline, at trade shows, buyers see exclusive new product launches and gain confidence meeting exhibitors. But there is a better way. There's one online marketplace where buyers get the offline benefits of a trade show. It's globalsources.com. Supercharged by Global Sources trade shows featuring exhibitors and their newest products. Online to offline, it's your O2O sourcing advantage. Global from Asia e-commerce gladiator episode eight. So that's short URL, globalfromasia.com slash e-commerce 008. We are in part two with Mayor Simhi. He is our advisor and shareholder partner as well in Par Living Inc. And we had this long in-depth conversation about product selection. I hope you guys can't ever complain about not knowing strategies and concepts for product selection. It's been helping us here and we are still here for the company. Actually, Roland is going to be coming down to, he's going to come in Hong Kong these days and we'll meet in Shenzhen on this Friday when the show is released. Kadrian and I and him are going to have dinner in Coco Park, probably. We haven't confirmed where, but uh, if you listen to this in the last minute, maybe Macaulay's, something like that. And it's going to be the first time for all of us to sit together. I'll be recording some of that, probably do some video shooting as well. And unfortunately, Mayor's not able to make it. He's in Israel. We totally have a global team here. Jack is still uh, in America. He's uh, got through that typhoon, the insane typhoon we had. Um, he's up in North Carolina, so it's pretty, pretty safe, I think. But thanks, uh, Jack, for caring about my parents in Florida. So everybody's okay. Family's okay. Things are getting moving. So we're going into part two with Mayor. This is number eight of the e-commerce gladiator podcast series and let's tune in okay part two this has been deep i'm i'm uh people really enjoyed you were our first guest on the e-commerce series here and uh you got great feedback so i'm sure this is going to be an amazing two-part series so we're continuing our discussion about picking a product for your e-commerce business. So you're, a, as we mentioned in the last show, you're an advisor with us, partner with us, a shareholder with us at Para Living Inc., our case study business uh, here at Global from Asia. And we last last uh, session, 
last podcast, we were talking about the business model, the passion or business, the factors for decision-making, product, finding product opportunities, the numbers game. And then we wrapped it up with a really unique uh, four-part research process that you have, which we dove into really well. So uh, if you guys didn't hear that, if you're just hearing this one, definitely go back to the previous episode to catch up we're continuing on that so thanks for coming back on mayor thank you for inviting me mike yeah happy to be here yeah man this is great so so yeah um, i'm sure people are taking a lot of notes here and we are diving right back right back in so decision factors how to you know i think even with par living we have so many interesting product ideas is seems like you have some some inputs and some factors that you look at or in, and you suggest others look at when uh, deciding which ones to cut and which ones to keep yeah so so let's let's talk about the most important factor in my in my point of view is the risk uh, I mentioned it before and I want to elaborate and maybe use an example so risk as the highest priority, and when I'm talking about risk, I mean, what is the range of my control on the success of the product? Can I control the quality of the product? Can I anticipate the response of the audience for this product? Um, so, for example, you know, during the years I have watched many great products products uh, or at least ideas that had a great start and became a disaster. <laughs> For example, 2015 hoverboard mm -hmm. trend. You remember the hoverboard yeah, remember trends? This. Yeah, it was a big thing here in Shenzhen. So it was the hottest product of the year, you know, and sales were great, but there were quality issues, quality issues and standard issues. Uh, batteries exploded. It, it, it got bit. It yeah, banned, it got banned, right? it got it got banned, banned. In, on Amazon and on US. <laughs> oh, crazy. Um, so, yeah, these quality issues caused many to go out of business and left with debts. And I know some factories who went bankrupt. So, yeah, the potential is huge. Amazing product, huge demand. People buy the product, but... It will get back to you if there is a, a quality a problem. Uh, sometimes it's quality, sometimes it's bad design, bad uh, uh, functioning, or sometimes it's even like uh, uh, legal issues, like patents mm. and IP issues. So what kind of risk are you willing to take? It's a very important question. This, for me, I, I've always stayed away from electronics. You know, when I did e-commerce last, my last e-commerce business, I always tried to stay away from batteries and, and uh, things with electrical components. Uh, I think we have one product in our in our list of Power Living that is elect electronic, but uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the next one will be uh, predicting sales volume. So sales volume is harder to, to know when choosing a new product that haven't been in the market before. When, when you're choosing a new product that nobody sold before and you are the first hand, 
Um, it's very hard to estimate or predict the sales volume and it's harder to take decision based on that, how much to invest and how, may, how much inventory to ship to FBA warehouse. But if you choose a product that is already marketed and sold, or if there are similar products, it will be easier to estimate the sales potential. So for me, I will not go for product with low sales potential. And I'm, I'm using some kind of uh, thumb rules or formula. And basically, quantity that I will order have to be to meet the, the MOQ, the minimum order quantity require, requirements of the supplier. And it has to be a, a, a equal to the um, sales volume for the same time. So for, let's say, if it, it takes uh, uh, one month to sell 500 units and the production times and lead time uh, takes one month, this will be the amount that I will order. I will, I will not order more because I want to be able to, to make one order a month. Hmm. Just one order a month. So uh, basically, I want to uh, be able to sell at least the MOQ Got it. At, this, at this period. So if the sales volume is less than the MOQ, I will pass this product because I have to order more than I could sell at the same period. So this is, yeah, this is the, the formula. This is the thumb rule that I, I'm using for this uh, to estimate how much I need to order. Got it. Yeah, so the next point is product differentiation, which I think is something you seem very passionate about. We were talking a little bit before the, the interview um, to sometimes people just look at the search results and uh, and then they just get discouraged because of the competition and they don't think about this this factor which is differentiation right right so so this is what is branding all about i think how to differentiate yourself from your competitors and there are some product with higher differentiation potential and than others um, so i will look into products with high differentiation potential because it means it gives me an advantage or a way to be unique hmm. and attract buyers to my product. So differentiation potential is important factor that many sellers pass or may not be aware to. And it determines how far you can differentiate your products from your competitors. For example, if you are going to sell greeting card set, mm -hmm. you can easily create a unique product by designing your own artwork, designing your own greeting cards. So even though other sellers will sell greeting card sets, your greeting card sets will be completely different. And if you will make nice designs that people like, people will buy your product because it's unique. Mm. It's very easy to make your product unique. Um, it's true also for 
kits or sets you build from different items uh, to create a new product. For example, a kit for homemade kombucha, which yep. is uh, is kind of drink. It's like a tea. Yeah. Uh, so again, you can you can compose, you know, a new product by choosing different items and give it give them a meaning you know mm. so it's very easy to differentiate yourself um, bad example could be uh, like I said before garlic press or watermelon core <laughs> or baby bibs you know what things? is a baby beef actually yeah. oh the oh, for the bibs yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. true true so, so I like yeah I, I like it and then of course I like uh, you were saying kits or yeah. designs so yeah. you can you, you can differentiate you can always there are many ways to differentiate your product uh, there, are, there are a few levels to differentiate your your product uh, so it it could be by the the um, images you create the way you uh, show your product uh, but this is something that it's very easy to uh, change and if you will have a, this ad, only this advantage, it will be easier for other uh, sellers to copy you. So it's very easy to copy. Uh, so you need more than that. You need to differentiate yourself with value. I call it differentiating value. Okay, it's it's uh, added value that differentiates your product for your from your competitors. And there are a few ways to do it. One of them is by creating a kit or bundle. And I see um, a big mistake uh, that sellers do when trying to create this kind of bundles because in many cases, they believe that if they will add a, a, a gimmick or a, a bonus or, or a free a, gift yeah, or something, yeah, bonus and yeah, stuff. A, a, people will want their product more, but it's not true because people might perceive this product as more expensive only because Extra they stuff, have to yeah. buy something they didn't want and they didn't look for. So in order to do it in the right way, you need to think what this gift, what kind of value or how it can work with the main product, how it can complete the answer or the solution that the main product is going to give you. So for, for example, if you're going to sell driving uh, uh, sunglasses you might want to give a car clip holder that can help you hold your sunglasses in the car and can help you protect your sunglasses in the car but if you will just throw anything there uh, it might not work so it must be very specific and uh, you know Thoughtful. So as a buyer on Amazon, I just yeah. bought a new lens for my uh, my vlogging gear. Okay. And it was so hard to pick a new lens, like as a buyer, because they were all doing this differentiation. It's a Canon uh, lens, yeah. so Canon sells it, but it's just the lens yeah. for like two hundred ninety nine dollars. But then all these FBA third party sellers sell it for two ten dollars less with a bunch of accessories. Right. So it's like a case and a cleaning kit, right. and a cloth, and it, they, they all look the same except the accessories. Yes. And I'm like... And it's very hard to compare because there are yeah. too, too many accessories and you you don't want to waste your time yeah, comparing like, very cheap accessories. Actually, I feel like I got... I don't know, a sucker. I've 
I spent ten dollars less than buying it directly from Canon. Okay. And I got a, I got a, a a bag that can hold the lens. Okay. But I never am gonna use that. And I got like a cleaning kit. I don't yeah, know. But I, it was still cheaper. It was a little bit cheaper. It was cheaper. still cheaper. It was yeah. Still cheaper, and I got free stuff. So. Yeah. So basically, when when you uh, differentiate your product and you use a uh, differentiating value, you also elevate your perceived value, your product perceived value. And this is very important because it can help you not only stand out and sell more, it can help you sell for higher price. Mm. And this is your goal, to maximize your margin, to maximize your profits. Great. Yeah, this is really, really valuable. And the last one, which is maybe an extension of, of uh, differentiation, but product line. And you say it's the foundation of growth. Yeah, so I think we, we, we covered yeah, we it talk, yeah, uh, we, in the last, uh, last chapter, session. Yep. Last session. But basically what I'm saying is think ahead, think forward and try to see, you know, uh, uh, try not to get stuck with one product that uh, one one product, one brand, you know? Mm. Uh, try to think how you can expand your product range. This is very important because any product has a, a product life cycle and every product will eventually die. Yeah. Uh, if, you're, if you are in the market enough time, you know what I'm talking about. So you want to have something that you can continue and add more products. And also, if you want to grow, if you want to, you want to make more money, you need more products. It's true. More money, more usually more problems, but more products, more yeah. more pro, more more pro products, more, more money, pro more problems. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's life, right? Yeah. Cool. We'll finish your session. But I had some questions. We were talking about it before, so I hope it's not a big surprise. But I kind of want to reflect a little okay. bit. Okay about the power of living and the status we're in and maybe some listeners also will get the idea. So I think so many people are stressed that they're going to pick the wrong product. Um, so I just wonder if some of your advice could be used later. I mean, should it, of course, it's probably best to do it the right way at the beginning. But, you know, like with our example, power of living, we have car washing kits and, you know, like porcelain products and electronics products. Which I know you you don't seem I, I get I agree I don't think it's the the very best but uh, I think we're trying to just get some money in which maybe is a bad reason but we're also trying to get some experience and get the processes we also have a pretty big founding team with like you know a lot of found founding members so I think it would have been maybe harder for all of us to agree on one category or I guess it, well data could help but. I'm just wondering if you think uh, there's a short term and a long term is my question, right? So short term, I, we want to build the brand here at Par Living, but also I think a lot of listeners, but is, is it okay in the short term to do like short term thinking, short term money making? I say <laughs> fail fast. The, the, cost, the cost of any mistake you will do is less than the cost mm. of time you waste. So if you will waste too much time, on trying to decide what, which is the perfect product, the cost is higher because the market mm. changes fast. Mark Zuckerberg said that. So it's better to fail fast because you will anyway mm. learn something from any failure. So if you have something, 
start with it. Even if you fail, if even if you uh, lose some money, it will yeah. be a one-time loss. But once you have a winner, the income from this product will be continued. So that's that's why it doesn't matter. You should try. But again, you need to base your decision on the process that we were talking about. You need to yeah. understand what you're doing. But then when you find a product, yeah. just try it. Just put it in the market, do your best and try it. And I believe that uh, you should look long term and build your brand from the beginning. But you can do this step by step. You don't have to make the the perfect product with the perfect packaging and the perfect brand identity from day one. Mm -hmm. It takes time to build this. It takes time. It also requires a feedback from the market. So it should be a, a process where you improve your product and improve your brand. And uh, maybe you, you, you will not change your brand name, but you could change the style, the design, uh, or it. even the slogan. But think long term. Okay, it's great. And then I just wanted to share how I did my first e-commerce business. I didn't know any anything like I know now, or especially what you've been sharing. But uh, the bar products business, the way I found the product was I uh, I sold stuff I liked. <laughs> uh, I just was in New York City, and I wanted to sell like stuff to my market to uh, bachelor young men. So I, I thought of uh, stuff for your apartment, stuff that I liked. Um, I don't even know if you know, but originally it was called Pimp Guide. Pimp, P-I-M-P. Okay. I still have the domain. <laughs> and it was, we sold all kinds of poker supplies. We sold, uh, I was drop shipping everything. Uh, it was all kinds of gadgets for your, for more like young 20 year old men in, in urban areas. And but we just, all of a sudden it was mostly bar products. We were just selling bar products so much and it made no sense because the, the domain, the eBay account was all like pimp guide and it was all bar products. So I rebranded this. I got a new site and then I got a new, uh, I renamed my eBay account and, uh, yeah, well, that's how it became, uh, New York bar store. And it was always around the image it's who I was selling to. So you can also maybe think about who you're targeting. What kind, what your, what kind of persona you're targeting? Uh, even if you want to sell bar supplies, you could target, uh, you know, commercial bars. You can target uh, home bars for like. Actually, I don't know if it was you and I talking about it, but somebody's saying they drink at home a lot more because they have kids now. So people are starting to stock their own home bar, or you can target like bachelors trying to impress their guests at home. So there's there's also which type of segment in the market of that product right. that you can separate from too. Or differentiate from but just thought i would share a little bit of my story in my last business so thank you so much mayor it's been a great we did an amazing two-part series here and uh my pleasure my okay thanks for coming on great okay mayor thank you so much for that it was a great way to end the second part hope you guys got a lot out of it and He's going to be a speaker at our cross-border matchmaker. We're really excited for that. October 27th, it's a Friday. 
right in between the phases of uh, all these trade shows, Global Sources and Canton Fair, all that crazy stuff. Chris Davies' FBA meetup will be on the 25th, so no overlap there. Global Sources Summit has have will have been passed already by a week we try to keep everything complimentary for everybody so if you are in town i know it's later in the trade show season but it's going to be an amazing event full day event just talking to john cavendish he's going to be speaking as well there coming in from saigon we got some amazing people both on the Chinese seller side and the English seller side, simultaneous translation. It's uh, it's going to be something for the records, for the books, for the we got media lined up, got a lot of great support, tickets being sold already. So definitely check it out, globalfromasia.com slash matchmaker. Talk soon. Global from Asia e-commerce gladiator series, where you can follow along the progress of setting up a cross-border e-commerce business from start to finish. Hear insights of real product research, Amazon FBA, China manufacturing, branding, marketing, and all the blood, sweat, and tears of building a global business from Asia 